Welcome to the Instant Journeyman Podcast Monday Motivation Series. I'm your host, Jeremy Andrzejewski. And with the Monday Motivation Series, we're going to go ahead and start off by interviewing successful businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, athletes, award-winning chefs, healthcare professionals, and so on to learn what drives them to be successful and what keeps them motivated once they are successful. So if you're having a rough week, or just need a little bit of a, a kick in the ass, uh, that's what we're here to do. Welcome back so, to another Monday uh, Motivation. Please enjoy. Today's guest, Nathan Pache. Uh, Nathan just announced his retirement after 17 professional hockey seasons and two Calder Cup championships. Uh, Nathan played in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres and the Columbus Blue Jackets, and in the AHL with the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Rochester Americans. Uh, I... Had a blast recording with him. I, I think you guys will all enjoy it. So take a listen. All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Monday Motivation. We're, we'll talk here. We don't even have to pay attention to that. Okay. Uh, so we can. Uh, uh, our guest today is Nathan Page. I said it right? Yep. Okay, good. Um, Pretty good. <laughs> uh, so Nathan and I are going to go through our Monday motivation and, and go through the, the, the five questions. Uh, Nathan is just retired, right? Yep. Yeah, um, a couple months ago. A couple months ago. And uh, uh, from the NHL, AHL, uh, professional hockey arena. Yep. So uh, the, the, the first question I ask everybody is, how, do you, how did you get to where you are in, in, in life, in your career. And, and what do I mean by that is, uh, what did it take to get into the NHL? And, and I know that's gonna be a long-winded question. Yeah. You, you could summarize it for us. Well, basically, I mean, I started playing hockey when I was three years old. It took a, a lifetime's dedication to the sport, the craft, but at the end of the day, you can say all you want, different things you had to do, all that, but you just have to love the game. I mean, that's really everything in a nutshell. If you love it, everything else comes easy. All right, and and now, at what point did you realize, like, hey, I kind of am onto something here? Like, I, you know, was it was it like, you know, when you were in like mites or, or peewees, or did you realize it when you were all of a sudden into, you know, uh, you you went to the what's called the WHL yeah. at at the age of sixteen, 16 I believe, yeah. and and was that when you like really went and said like I'm going all in? No, I was. I don't think there was ever a time in my life where I wasn't all in. I never saw a future since I was four years old that didn't involve me being a professional hockey player. I really can never, I can't say all of a sudden like something clicked on. I never ever once thought of anything other than that being my life, to be to be honest with you. So it was always a singular focus and it's just the way my life transpired. I was fortunate to be good at a young age, so it kind of stuck in my mind, but I really always had that one goal, one focus. And now, did you you did you go to college? No, you didn't go to college, no. right? Did you did you want to play college hockey, or uh, were you always on the path like I'm going to go juniors? Because that's what yeah. you, for those of you who don't know from Canada. Yeah. If you can't tell by the Canadian <laughs> accent, <laughs> um, did you did you say like you know what that's what everybody does up in Canada? Because I mean, growing up and playing hockey here in in the states, and by no means was I like at that level, but everybody that you know knew. If you're going, if you want to go anywhere, you you go, you know, play play juniors in in Canada. Well, it, it's it's changed now since when I was younger. When I was younger, 
everybody that was at a, the level to play major junior played major junior from Saskatchewan. That's just kind of the path that most people took. So it was kind of a simple decision for me. Now it's a little more difficult. A lot more people are going through the college university route. Uh, I think you come out of a, a little bit better. There's a lot of rules set up where it's more advantageous to go to the college route. One, not only your college education, but the way the rules are written in the NHL CBA that a lot of people don't know. There's a lot of advantages to coming out a little later from college with the draft and signing if you're at that level. Um, so I would definitely recommend anybody from this area, like if it was my son, if he ever got there, that's I would rather him go the college route at this point. But there's still a lot of, I mean, the major junior is an amazing league. There's a lot of great things and they offer school after. So there's there's different routes and that was just kind of the one that was in front of me at the time. Nice, nice. And now it's got a lot to do with just God give talent, right? Like yeah. you can't, you know, an average Joe, in my opinion, you know, you, you can't just go ahead and get into the NHL just by hard work. Right. No, I mean it's 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 talent and then the, and then a lot of hard work for all the people that play. I, I don't know what the stats, but it's pretty astronomical. I think all the people that play under one percent ever make pro or college, and then under that that one percent, or sorry, make uh, college or higher rank than one percent of that makes pro or the NHL. I mean it's you you can't just go off hard work because there's a lot of amazing hard working people that just didn't have the talent unfortunately to, to move forward but you need the hard work with the talent if you're going to make it so now when when you let's just go ahead and say when when you reached uh you know juniors and you were, you were doing really well and then you you got you got drafted and now i i doing a little homework i saw that you were drafted by the capitals yep. in 01 was it yeah 01 and now, then you were somehow drafted by the Sabres in 03. Yeah. How did, how did that work? I, I, don't, I, I have no clue. It was clue. a little different rule system back then. So uh, signing bonuses were extremely high back then. I was a second rounder high pick. So it was a, a lot more teams tended to walk away if they were uncertain on higher picks just because of the financial upfront. Oh, okay. The rules are a little different. So they decided not to sign me. So then I went back in the draft and I was redrafted uh, two years later and then turned pro in Rochester that following season. So it was probably like four months after being drafted by the Sabres. So so when you reached that level, so you, you got drafted by the Sabres, you played with the Amherst, right, to, yep. to start off, because that's their AHL team, which is like, I, would you say it's like the development of, of, of players in yeah, that league? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a development league. That's, that's the main so focus. When you reach that level, you've now made it. Do you, like, what motivates you to keep going? Obviously, probably just to be in the NHL, right? Well, I mean, I think the biggest motivation when you get to that level, it's not just to be in the NHL. You, you motivate to want to be your best. It also, you want to win. I right. think that's a lot of the underdriving. A lot of guys are just, you know, guys love hockey, but a lot of the guys, if you really peel it back, they just love to compete and they love to win at whatever they do. You'll, you'll go as a hockey team, you'll go bowling and guys get, ultra competitive you know, like, or, or out in the golf course stuff like that so I, I think that underlies obviously the love of hockey and that's usually where the reason guys are there because they're amazing at, at hockey but that com competitive side is was with them all through life all through childhood got it got it well that's that's awesome uh, and then I, I ask everybody and, and your, your answer is gonna be different now that you're retired uh, but what what time of the day did you wake up when you were playing hockey and and kind of like in you know top, top shape and everything else like that what, what time of the day did you wake up and then i want to know what, what is what is what is it like now and the reason i ask this question i tell everybody the reason i ask this question is because I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a direct correlation of what time of the day people wake up and you know whether or not they are successful in in their area gotcha. um 
I would say when I was playing hockey, it all depended on our schedule. Most of the time, we usually had practice at 10.30, so you'd be up at probably 7.45, 8-ish. That was pretty routine. You're on six days a week and one day off. Summer workouts, it all depended on when the workout was. Ours were usually, the last couple of years, ours were early. I think we started at 9, 9.30, and it was across town, so I'd be up sometimes at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Now, it's basically wake up with the kids. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> once, you, once you get a certain age, it's your life revolves around the kids, so it's when they're up and have to be somewhere, you're up. Right. Now, how, how was it, just a sidetrack, how, how, how is it when you see your son playing hockey and he's playing at a pretty high level now, right? Like yeah. he's, he's on a, a, was it like a premier team? Yeah, triple A team. Triple A team. Yeah. Uh, how, how is it seeing him play compared to, you know, when now that you're looking down and saying like, oh, wow, yeah. it's, this, is, this is great. It's just fun. It's because at 10, it's just such a pure love of the game there's no other pressure there's not the other stuff that comes with pro hockey and not the expectations the pressures it's just it's hockey in its purest form and to be able to watch my son do it is it's its best that's that's pretty cool um what what the 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 next question i ask is is when when you get stressed and there's there's different level of stress especially at that level you get you know stress of winning right stress of Am I going to be on the team next year? You know, when my contract's up and things like that. How do you relieve stress? Are you are you one that works out to, to relieve stress? Are you one that you know has a, has a cocktail or two? Are you one to you know just gorge and eat? Right. <laughs> Probably not the eating was much. A little bit of everything. I mean, uh, the guys always would go out for dinners and have a couple drinks. You know, just camaraderie or something like that. Or I mean, I at the end of my career, meditation stuff like that. So, uh, so I, huge. I, I've been, I've been trying meditation. I, I, I find it definitely works, but it's very hard to get in, uh, kind of like a rhythm of doing it every day. Yeah. Was this, was it like an everyday thing that you did for a little bit or was it just like, you know, would, little pockets? It was pockets. I would say it was never extremely routine, but I know some guys that were really regimented with it and were, you know, it was very effective. I always tried to like set aside a little time where wherever it was, especially on game days and stuff. Like maybe it was before my pregame nap or something. I, I got in a pretty good routine, like at least 10, 15 minutes before my pregame naps. Oh, nice Pre, pregame naps. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Miss those. That's probably the biggest thing I miss. <laughs> Any guy that retires will tell you they miss the pregame naps. Yeah. So, so real quick with the with pregame stuff, naps. You, were you are you like superstitious? I, I feel like most people bit, get yeah. superstitious about things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with the Buffalo Sabers now, I, I feel like they. Uh, I, I feel like your your brother in law Ian and I we watch it now every every game together. So yeah. I feel like he's got to be there now. Next game, <laughs> that, like that. we can't we can't break that. <laughs> um, so did you eat anything particular every before every game? Did you like you took a nap? Obviously, you yeah. did a little meditation. I didn't, I wasn't too strict, like the, pr- probably the weirdest thing I would do superstition, depending on where it was. When I was in Grand Rapids, we had three urinals, and when I was in Rochester, we had two, and this is a weird thing. <laughs> I'd, I'd always start, depending on if we won or how we were playing at one urinal, and if the period was bad, I'd switch urinals, and then <laughs> if we had a good period after that, I'd stay at that urinal, and that urinal was, I mean, and I was... I would do, we had three urinals and sometimes there'd be one guy and I'd have to stand and wait. <laughs> You'd be like, there's an open urinal, dude. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, this is the weirdest superstition ever, but I, that's, I that's great though. I mean, if it works, right, I why guess. change it? Yeah, it was a bizarre one. Even I'd say it to myself, like, man, this is weird. <laughs> um, some, of, some of the accomplishments that you've, you've had where you were, uh, won the Calder Cup, which is, you know, the, the big championship in the AHL. You won that twice, right? Twice, yeah. 
uh, as an assistant captain and a captain, no? Yep. At, in Grand Rapids. Yep. So how, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's like, that's, yeah. and, and yeah. now once you reach that, like, the, the next year, you're just saying, like, we got to do it again, right? Yeah, you get that extra hunger. I, I didn't know because it took me a while. It's probably, I think, 2029, my first Calder Cup. And it gives you such a hunger to always want it every year. Like, it made it even more. Like, I always wanted a championship so bad, but I didn't even know till after winning my first one how bad I even more wanted it moving forward. So that's why you see these guys. They, some people say, well, would you lose your motivation? And those guys never do because you get that taste and it's almost addicting to be a champion and, and you just strive that much more for it. Yeah, and I mean, you see it. You see it with all these teams that, that win one championship and then they go back the next year. You're just like, how, you know, how do they keep how do they keep that hunger but i guess it's just like you said it's addictive once you got that you want to keep it going you want to say you're the best and once you are known as the best you don't want to give it up yeah (laughs) i that's that's i mean that's why i'm on the podcast right uh, i'm the best fun no 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 um so the last question i asked for the money motivation is um if there was a billboard of you in times square which Really, not that far fetched, right? You could you could have one. <laughs> I'd eventually. say it's pretty aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if if there was a billboard of you in Times Square, uh, what would it say on it? It could be you doing anything. It could be you playing hockey. It could be you coaching hockey because you you now coach uh, your son's team. Uh, it could be you with your family. It could be you doing whatever. What what would it normally say on that? So millions of people that are walking through Times Square will see. Uh, that's tough. There's a lot of different quotes that I love and stuff. And But one of my favorite things and I like to pass on is just, if you're going to do something, do it 110%. I mean, that was always my motivation is whether you're going to do it or not. If you're going to do it, you do it properly and you put everything you possibly can in. And if, if not, just don't do it. Don't uh, waste anybody's time. So if you're going to get committed to something, and I think that's what helped me play so long and so many years extra at pro career is a lot of guys would say, well, your last two years, you're not playing much. How do you do it? And I had committed to playing hockey still and being that season. So I gave it absolutely everything I had. So And and the last game you played, didn't you score? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, last, and the uh, first game you played, you got your first point, right? Uh, first NHL? NHL game. NHL, yeah. Yeah, my first NHL game, I got an assist. Yeah. That's... And... That was I, I. I'm sorry. I, I think I, I can't remember the team that I played, but played the Devils. The Devils. Yeah. Devils, okay. Because yeah. I, I know because because uh, I mean I Geo. I forgot I played against Geo and we're close friends. So oh. Okay. I was yeah. like I forgot my first game was against you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the Monday Motivation. You're gonna be back for whatever Wednesday yep. in basically five minutes. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skip it to Wednesday. <laughs> Time warp. This episode is sponsored by. Eat Right Foods, the official partner of the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres. So if you're looking to eat like a professional athlete or you just want to improve your life by eating cleaner and freeing up time for those things that really matter in life, Eat Right Foods provides a huge assortment of high-quality foods with easy online ordering and kitchen-to-door delivery. Uh, If you're in the Buffalo area, you can do pickup. Or if you are anywhere in the U.S., you can go ahead and order online where all meals are just $10 each. Shipping to the East Coast is included, and all Midwest and West Coast orders have a flat rate for shipping. Uh, Orders are due every Thursday by noon, and then you get them the following week. Uh, All orders will be shipped out uh, the following Monday, and boom, meals to your door. So check out eatrightfoods.com. Giggy Bank Payment Tracker. 
whether you are a dog walker, personal trainer, or anything, um, you can save time tracking your self-employment income, right? If you use spreadsheets, notebooks, or really nothing at all, then GigiBank's for you. You can download today, and your first three clients are free. Uh, it's very easy to use. GigiBank tracks a single balance for each client. Enter gigs to track work done and increase the balance and payments to uh, bring the balance down. It's as simple as that. So uh, check out GigiBank in the app stores. All right. And SaberCon, for all your concrete restoration needs in South Florida, reach out to Jim or Scott at SaberCon. And last but certainly not least, uh, VitFit Keys. Uh, is one of the best uh, trainers with uh, Melissa. She will get your butt into shape. So thank you all, and have a great week.